it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast. With Brian Robb and Michael Pina, I'm Rich Levine, and guys, we have much to discuss today. First, on Wednesday afternoon, Marcus Smart, Mr. Winning Plays, received his first first-team NBL defense nod. We're going to talk about that and how it might affect the trade market, and also consider a scenario where Danny Ainge is forced to choose. Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart? Who should he keep? Who does he trade? But first, we remind you, please, to subscribe to the Winning Plays podcast, wherever it is you might listen is a huge help for us. Also, give us a follow on our new Twitter account, at WinningPlaysPod. As always, shout out to CLNS Media for hosting this show. Shout out to BetOnline.ag, the best sponsor we've ever had. And with that said, guys, we're going to start with the trivia question for this episode. You ready? Goody. I'm gonna, I'm, it's on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to rank this like a level 4 trivia. So uh, I said what Marcus on Wednesday was named first team All-NBA defense. In the last 40 years, so this is 1979. I don't know how 1979 suddenly 40 years ago, but over that time, five Celtics have been named first-team all-defense. Marcus Smart is the sixth. Give me the previous five. KG. KG is one. B-Rob, you got to guess? Avery Bradley. That's two. Pina, go ahead. Um, KG and Avery Bradley. We have three guys left. Going back to 79. 79, but 86 is, is really as far back as it goes. Dennis Johnson? Oh, way to, way to give it away. Dennis Johnson, it was Ugh. 87. The, yeah, it was 87. So you have two left. So that, that's not even the 86 hint yet. Um, and I love, M- I love Mikhail? Mikhail. Mikhail I, I love the guy that, that is going to be left. Back-to-back first-team All-NBA defense. Mr. Ryan Rondo. Oh yeah, I, I actually thought <laughs> oh, of that initially. Oh my god, I can't believe that slipped my mind. He got when he would, he he would just basically let his man beat him like eighty percent of the time and try to poke the ball away from behind. That was like and the, and the other twenty percent he wasn't guarding his man, so he could like jump jump steals. <laughs> but he had a photographic memory, so he did like like LeBron. He also made at least one second team as well. So, but one of the premier defenders of our generation, Rajan Rondo. Gotta say, I, I was surprised that. Uh, that Kawhi made it. I'm just going to throw that out there, even though I think he's the best defender. Yeah, like, this is a reputation award. It's such a reputation so, award, which is a shame, because I feel like we should be, we're getting smarter than that. We, right. we should be. But. So you're kind of a year late. Smart should have had a couple under his belt, but... He, as uh, you wrote, B-Rob, he As was, I wrote. As you wrote, he was coming off the bench then, and you're not going to get any <laughs> awards if you're coming off the bench. Can we, I guess, can we confirm that? That's like, I feel like a pretty easy theory. But I believe everyone who was on the all-defensive team this year was a starter. So uh, not that anyone that comes off the bench was worthy of it, but it seems to be a I got to say, Pat Bev. Pat Bev deserved more love. I'm just going to throw that out there. He'll get it next year. Don't worry. And um, Speaking of deserving also, love, real quick. Also, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. Yeah, uh, your, your boy P.J. He, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> he just is. He's incredible. Like, come on. What are we even doing here? So real quick on deserving love, uh, John Halvacek, who uh, has a service there at Trinity Church in Boston, five-time all-defensive first team, three-time all-defensive second team. Uh, Whoa, total did not legends. know that. Yeah, Six, 69 to 71, three straight years, he did second team. And then, as you said, he kind of – I mean, we, we're assuming we, – we never saw him play live, but we're assuming he deserved it. But he did three years second team and then had five straight 
from 72 to 76 as a, a all, all defensive first team. So hmm. much love to John Havlicek. Over resume. Um, should we get into the to, to the heat? Should we give Marcus a little bit more love before we start wondering if they're going to trade him this summer? <laughs> or um, I just want to get right well, into the debate. I'll ask this to you guys. How long does that Buck series go if, if Smart is healthy? we got to say Brogdon, too, I think, if we're going to. Yeah. No, I, no, I mean, like, not, not no. Because if that, it doesn't, it probably still goes five if Brogdon's healthy. So let's let's say Brogdon was handled the way he was, but Smart didn't get hurt in game 81. For in a meaningless game. Well, okay. So what? 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 What changes about the Celtics if if Smart plays? Oh, we got Marcus yeah. Smart's number one fan. I no, think. Pickle's I mean, going to root for Jalen Brown later in this debate. He's just here's here's the up. thing. I think the one thing that could have changed. I don't know if it would have changed. Um, Kyrie Irving could have potentially been like sat down in one of those terrible games, like. Not for like a half or anything like that, but like not played the whole second half of like game four when he was awful. Man, from what we saw, I'm not sure. He might have had to murder someone for, for Brad to, to take him out <laughs> but, of that game. But the alternative was Terry, though, who was, he, who was just as bad. I don't think if it was about sp- the alternative, though. But you can, you at least, he sits down, though. He, he plays maybe 18 minutes or 16 minutes. Like, he doesn't play all 24. That's where, that's where like the Celtics were built on depth. They had no good depth in the postseason, which killed them against the Bucks bench because George Hill was going for 20 points a night <laughs> and Marcus Smart was unable to stop him. And when he was did finally come back, he was shooting, understandably, like one of 13 from three or something like that. So it was he couldn't be kept on the floor because he was rusty. And Pino, I hope you haven't forgotten the, the, the fire that B-Rob lit under Connaughton's ass after giving him the losey after game one. Right. I know, just... The guy turns into Dan Marley, <laughs> but I don't. I really. I, I'm not sure it would have changed anything because unless, and I know you said maybe Kyrie comes out of the game a little bit more if Marcus is 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 healthy for the whole series. But unless his presence totally did a 180 on Kyrie Irving's everything, his mentality, his performance, I don't think it makes a difference in the end. But maybe it could have. I mean, Marcus is maybe that guy whose presence could inspire people a little bit more but i'm not sure what it was going to take to to get Kyrie going in this in this series i mean i'm just looking at some of the numbers from that series just fundamental numbers like the celtics offense averaged 99.2 points per 100 possessions it's like unspeakably wretched um in that series and the bucks like quote unquote only averaged 108 which is you know, that, like for a little bit of reference, like the Warriors, Nuggets, Rockets, and Blazers ha- all had better offenses in the second round. Uh, like I don't, I don't know. That's like, does Marcus? Like, I just don't know how Mar- how much Marcus improves the offense. I get what you're saying. You take Kyrie out, but but I don't know how much. Well, even taking... offensively, I mean, he the offense was better all year long, Mike, when Smart was on the floor. The no, on-offs. I yeah, I know, but. In this one particular series, like I just don't. I think the Bucks were just so clearly the better team, and like if you went in five the way they did, four straight, like I don't know. Let's all Kyrie. I mean, you say they're the better team when Kyrie, Kyrie Irving plays like you know Brad Wanamaker, but if if he is hey, they're, don't they're... don't assert bad Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> I was just trying that. to get a rise out of you. Jeez, but uh, it, it, I mean Kyrie made third team or he made second team All NBA, right? He made second team. So if that if that guy's there. I don't know if you can say that the Celtics are so clearly worse than, than the two teams that are currently playing for a chance to get their asses kicked by the Warriors. But, like, I don't Whoa. know. Whoa. Hot, hot. I think that's a little bit of a hot take, Rich. All right. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll own it. Especially we just saw that KD is not going to play at the start of the series. And so, I don't no. know. I just, it turns out the Warriors are actually pretty decent with, with without them still. They are. They are decent. Um Okay, so well, what... I guess so. Here's my thing, and I guess this is where, you know, we can start to look into the future here a little bit. Marcus Smart. We had the argument, you know, who's the third best player on the Celtics this year? Earlier this, I mm-hmm. think, probably two months ago. Mm-hmm. If you look at the whole package, I'd put him at number three, um, on the team this year. Um, I had a move. Of... I had a move. Yes. <laughs> By, by nose. Um, and so we're at a situation now where 
Danny Ainge signed him to a four-year deal last summer and easily the best move uh, he made during the summer in the sense that that deal looked, you know, solid at the time. Now it looks fantastic because Smart shooting improved. His turnovers were down. His efficiency got much better this year. And obviously the defense uh, speaks for itself. So, and he's under contract now for three more years at a very reasonable money. It's a great contract. It's a great contract. 12 million, 13 million, 14 million over the next uh, three years. So, in order to make a big splash this offseason, you have to trade, obviously, Jason Tatum and then one guy on top of that, Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown, gentlemen. Not just because for the talent purposes, but to make the money work in any sort of a big money swap. So my question to you guys, obviously before the season, Jalen was the obvious choice to keep. Now, given how this season went and the money concerns that could come into play long term, where do you guys lean in terms of keeping around, um, if you can, in any kind of a negotiation, knowing that so, David Griffin is going to make the call, obviously. Can, yeah. So when you guys break down Jalen's potential money real quick, when is when is he going to be... Re- restricted and how much more than what Marcus is getting. So he's Biro, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's, uh, he, he's el- eligible for an extension in the fall um, or over the summer. Right. He's got one uh, year left right now. Yeah. He has, he's, he's going to make 6.5, which is 6 million less than Marcus next season. And then after that, he's still he's eligible for an extension after that that would kick in in 2020, 2021. Um, that I believe the max B-Rub, we were talking about it earlier, it was $29 million. That's the max, right? Correct. Yeah. And we're not saying that Jalen is going to get the max, but we're just saying that that is the ceiling of what he could earn on an extension. And um, So quite literally double. You know, what you're paying Marcus right now. Well, what's I guess we can start here with Jalen. Like what the Celtics have not signed someone to an extension for since Rajon Rondo in two thousand nine from the rookie deal. Um But But they, this is, might be a situation. Uh, they right. also offered an extension to Smart and to Rogier, correct? Correct. That they both should have taken at the time. Yes. <laughs> so time. it's not like the Celtics do not do this. It right. they will they will make an offer i would assume correct so what is that what what offer are you making if you're the celtics this summer knowing that i guess the and to put a number out there to compare it to gary harris uh last year signed a four-year 74 million dollar extension with the nuggets so that's 18 and a half per year and that was again one year ago so the cap was right about 10 million dollars lower than it will be when Jalen hits the market. Interesting. Um, Jalen, yeah, uh, that's. I think the so. I think we've talked about this before. I mean, it would be wise, in my opinion, to get him to some kind of team-friendly long-term deal along the lines, not in terms of of monetary value, but just along the lines of what they did with smart, like lock someone up, lock him up. Um, not anything crazy. Like, do you guys think that four for 80 is crazy? That's no. pretty great. Is that, I, you don't think that's crazy? I, I mean, I, if you don't, I don't, I don't like to, I mean, the market's the market. I don't necessarily like to compare it to, to other teams and how the, the sellers should carry themselves because there are a lot of really stupid teams out there. But you know, Gary Harris is two years older than Jalen. I mean, granted, it was a, a year ago that he signed the extension now, but who, who would you rather have, Jalen or Gary Harris? And this isn't to shit on Gary Harris, but I want Jalen Brown. Mm, I might take Gary, but it's close. How about this? I mean, to get back to the original conversation. But you do, but you do have to compare, you know, because it, it is a marketplace. Like, that's how agents set their their right. their numbers. Sure, but I'm saying like then you get into Evan Turner's of the world, and you can you know when you get into arguments like that, like I don't think that you're in a situation where you should have to react to to the Blazers giving Evan Turner that contract. Yeah, that's an extenuating circumstance <laughs> for a variety of reasons. But let, um, let's, let's say money's not an issue, okay? And it obviously is. But just to start this conversation, who would you rather move forward with, Marcus or Jalen? 
So I, I, I don't think you can answer this without first knowing if AD is going to sign long term. So can we say whether or not we like uh, under Let's this? Say he is going to sign. Yeah. Okay. So we're saying that he is going to sign because it's a um, shit show if he doesn't. None of this matters if he doesn't. Yeah. Um, in that case, I think I would, it, for the purpose of winning championships, I think Jalen's talent level is higher. His ceiling is higher. What I mean. Um, I think, you know, I love Marcus so much, but I think I would probably go Jalen. Will you be rough? Uh, I'm going smart. Really? So regardless, just move just. If if Kyrie is here, then I'm going smart. Like if if AD is traded for and Kyrie is still in place, then I'm definitely keeping smart over over Jalen. Right. To, so to, why? Because I think smart need does more of the things you need to do as a complimentary player right now than Jalen does. Um, right Jaylen, now. Right now. But even long term, I think Smart will always be better at the little things in his career than Jalen is, and that's not a knock on Jalen. Jalen's upside uh, is obviously far higher than Smart is on the offensive end of the floor, and he could easily be, you know, a twenty point per game guy somewhere else where he gets more chances. But I don't think he's going to get those chances here uh, next to those guys. Um, so I would rather have a guy in smart that takes the pressure off of Kyrie from ball handling wise defensively and defense and kind of fills in the gaps in terms of doing the dirty work down low um, that Jalen hopefully will get to, but um, has some way to go to. The way I'm looking at it, though, is that, yeah, smart. I, I totally agree with everything that you just said, but... I think that in a world where you have Kyrie and you have AD locked up and you're trying to get that third piece because it's so difficult, that third potential star or, um, you know, I think right away it would be, it would probably be Gordon, right? That would be the... Gordon uh, slash Al. That would Gordon be... slash Al for the very short term. But then, you know, at, over the life of AD, because AD's new contract wouldn't even kick in until the following season. Um and you assume Kyrie locks into a five-year deal, like, I think that you 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 would need that either Jalen or Marcus to be, like, a... I don't want to say, like, the third piece on a big three, because that's putting... A, I, don't, I don't think that's realistic for Marcus, but I do think there is a universe where Jalen can be that type of player. Yeah. So... That's why I'm very gung-ho on Jalen, I think, a little bit more than Marcus. I think it's critical to have, like, the CBA just prevents you. It's going to make it so hard for any team to have, like, I mean, just look at the Eastern Conference Finals right now. You have, like, these, these like, the, the Raptors are both really smartly built teams, but at the end of the day, it's like they have Giannis and they have Kawhi and they have these, like, weird you know, like just not all star. Like Chris Middleton's great, blah blah blah. But like not all star caliber, uh, like uh, players beyond those top one, top two. So I think Jalen can get there, and that's why I would I would bet on him, and I would try to lock him up at a at a. You know, I don't want to pay him the max, and I think there are teams out there that may if he has like a pretty impressive season. So I would just try to lock him up now, long term, as opposed to maybe smart. And, and that's just, or, or, you guys know what I'm saying, but yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's oh, go ahead, Rich. No, I was going to say that you guys know that we have a sponsor on the podcast. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, yeah it's uh, BetOnline.ag. It's the best place to make all your bets for the rest of the NBA playoffs. You can bet the Stanley Cup Finals. I told you about the National Spelling Bee. You can also bet on. Uh, no, yeah. I'm going to skip that one. Sorry, Line AG. We love you. But uh, go, go there. They have live betting. They have a virtual casino. Uh, Online at AG, CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. If you want to join in the playoff fun and would like to support our podcast, go to CLNS Media slash winning plays. Use the promo code CLNS50 for that 50% sign-up bonus. That's CLNS50. And I'm sorry to BetOnline.ag. We did a very good read the last episode. Uh, but they're still uh, our sportsbook experts. Um, but I would like to say that I agree with what you were saying, Pina, about 
Jalen having the ability to, to eventually be the number three guy. Because, B-Rob, you made the point, the point earlier in the show where you said Marcus was their third best player this year. And in turn, the Celtics had one of their most disappointing seasons, you know, in a while. You know, Marcus Smart had his best season of his career. And even with that, the Celtics have one of the most disappointing seasons in a while. But I do agree with what you're saying in the sense that the, the better the talent is around him, the better he is, obviously. Where I think Jalen is a guy that probably would need a little bit more room and a little bit more uh, authority to do what he wants to do. Uh, so, yeah, maybe at the end of the day, this debate is settled when we see where the chips fall. But uh, certainly Jalen has, I don't know, he, he's the guy that can, I think, take you to another level on his own, Marcus can raise everyone else up to another level. So I guess, I mean, it is hard to have this discussion, though, in the sense of without putting the money involved, since you do have to wonder, do they want to pay Jalen Brown to maybe be a third option for ideally $20 million, or would you rather pay Marcus Smart $13 million for more of a guarantee of what he can bring to the table. I guess I kind of see smart long-term if they, again, if things turn right this off season and you get AD here and you get a long-term commitment from Kyrie, I view smart as like the, the Jame, the Draymond green, like hopeful for this franchise going forward in terms of, you know, bring the defensive intangibles. And then, you know, if he, continues to progress at the rate he did this year on the offensive end, then, you know, that's the, the kind of, you know, fill in the, fill in the gaps piece (laughs) that you need on a team like this, because like, you know, in Kyrie, and if, again, even going, looking at a trade guys, like if, if you go to Kyrie and you're like, we're bringing AD here, but we're giving up smart to do it. Like, is he going to be crazy about that? Is that going to help him? I feel like your odds of getting to stay are better if Smart is still here. Does that make sense to you, or is that yeah, a reach? Yeah, that, that makes sense for sure. Um, particularly, it seems like there were times this year where Jalen and Kyrie were button heads a little bit. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, yeah, that... that that is a factor, but I mean, I'm I'm calculating this under the assumption that AD and Kyrie both sign long term. So, like from that through that prism, then like uh, it's like it's we're splitting hairs here in a lot of ways. But I just think that Jalen has all star potential, and I would be you know we're ar- you're already giving up Tatum, and so giving up Tatum and Jalen is just a, such a like I just, it's such a steep price, man. It just oh, it hurts. It's it's like what both of those guys could become is very very tantalizing, and losing it, but like both losing out on both of them would be wild. Um, what if you get to keep the Memphis pick? If you do that, though, the Memphis pick is potentially great, and I would love to know exactly where Mike Conley was playing before I you know, was able to kind of factor all of this in together. Um, but maybe we should discuss um, David Griffin as a part of, like from the Pelicans perspective. Cause I, sure. at the end of the day, like that's, that's really what we're talking about here. Like, you know, Danny Ainge is not going to be the one who gets to make the choice in all likelihood. So that seems pretty obvious who he's going to want, right? I don't know if it's, you think it's obvious? I don't. I think if you're giving up AD and you're building around Zion and whoever else, I think Jalen Brown makes infinitely more sense than Marcus Smart. Really? Why? I think the same, same reason we said, like he, Marcus Smart's not going to be the second best player on a team. He's not, he's not going to be even the third best player, I think, on, on a really good team. So I think you get, and how much younger is Jalen? Think years. about this, think about this team though, Rich. Drew Holiday. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson. That's the beginning of your rebuild. Yeah, and like it's about, that's I, incredible. Yeah, I like that. And and Drew's Drew's around for how long? Drew's twenty eight years two old. Two more years. At least two more years. He signed a big. I think he signed a. I don't know if it was a four or five year deal. Oh wait, season. he's he's got a. Okay, so he's twenty five point nine next year. Twenty five point nine. Oh wow, the year after that, and then a twenty six player option in 2021-22. Yeah, so he's there for three years. Yeah, so I, I don't think Drew Holiday will be around when 
when they're actually decent enough. But uh, I, yeah, I would be I would be a lot more excited about Zion, Jalen, and Jason than I would Zion, Marcus, and uh, Jason. From David Griffin's perspective, I, 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 let me just say like. If I were rebuilding and I needed to establish some site, some type of culture with my organization, I would much rather have Marcus Smart than Jalen Brown. And I and and Marcus Smart is also someone who, like, in a situation where it's Jalen Tatum, Zion, you're everyone's like all all those pieces are obviously extremely young, and everyone's going to be wanting to get their shots and blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot, there's not that much veteran leadership in that locker room. I just think that like in terms of the intangibles that are necessary to really build out your foundation, Marcus Smart is just so much more attractive to me. And like, as, as difficult as this conversation is, like we don't even know for sure who will be the better basketball player two years from now. You cannot definitively state that Jalen will be better uh, like I think Jalen will be better. That's just why I'm picking him um, as the guy I would rather keep. But uh, I don't know that, you know, as, especially from you know the, what we've seen from Marcus this season, the growth that he made. What if he becomes an even better three point shooter and uh, going forward, like he's it's well, that's like, the same way. Jalen's probably going to do the same. Maybe, but who <laughs> who knows? You know, and I, and I know we call this the winning plays podcast because it's not all about the box scores. But you know, eight point nine points a game, twenty seven minutes. It's, and and, and, you, and if you, it's low low usage though, like he wasn't taking shots this year, Rich. Like I, I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, it's that. like Draymond Green averaged seven point four points per game this season. Like, and he's destroy. He's like a top five player. Sure, in the but he, he can also guard all five positions. Smart compared for. Eh, okay i mean like yeah i don't want to get into comparing anyone to draymond but like i i think that i i think marcus would be a really really good fit in new orleans and if i was david griffin i would be really attracted to that and say none of you know i know what i'm paying this guy it's easier for me to build also whereas with Jalen, i get him Let's say I don't extend him. Then I'm playing the restricted free agency game. Let's say the Brooklyn Nets, because that's their thing. You know, they offer him $25 million over four or whatever, you know, right. and it gets really dicey. What do you think, Bureau? Yeah, that's, I think Smart has more trade value right now for the reasons that Mike just mentioned, because he is under control for three years and. At re- at good money, at a good money deal, you got one year of Jalen here, and then that's cheap, and then all bets are off. You might be paying him more than you want to, um, without your choice. And then again, based, I mean, Smart and Holiday, that would be the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. <laughs> like, and I know that's not. I mean, that's like that's the makings of. Again, it's just a playoff team in the West. They're not going to be anything close to contending, but for the culture reasons, for everything else. And I don't know, if I'm Danny Ainge, that's why I like would potentially, I would try to, I mean, I think you hope that Griffin doesn't feel the way that Mike does in the sense that like, I think it makes, from a culture perspective here, I think keeping smart to, from a leadership standpoint, from like, a, you know, obviously he, he tried to, jump into the leadership card this year he was kind of like towing the fence between the young guys and the old guys he probably ended up being on the like more veteran side of the fence when those conflicts came up but he now he has all defensive on his resume he you know can clearly you know not point to the the ring but just point to that award and just the, the okay guys this is what we need to do to to win games here and i think you almost need that more in place than on a team where you're going to be surrounded by potentially more offensive-minded guys like Kyrie. I just feel like that you guys might be a little like ahead of the, you know, what the like the window would be for this for this Pelicans team, right? Like Drew, Marcus, Jason, and Zion. Is that that's definitely a playoff team? It's close. But it's we'll just see close. So maybe they, maybe they get in the second year and maybe they they're a little bit better the third year and then by that point you you're having to pay Marcus, you have you know, you're like so all the like like the deal isn't you know the culture that you're building when you're when you're about ready for the payoff. Now you got to pay off Marcus. 
you know, and he's not going to, and he's not going to be as good as, as Jalen can maybe be. So I feel like that's the one thing that maybe, like you said, hopefully Griffin is feeling otherwise. It could be the fact that he's just like, all right, we got to, we got to maybe hit on a, on a star, on a superstar. And we have one. Like, Tatum, that's, yeah, you have <laughs> on, one. on another one, but, but it's, a, it's a numbers game. Like you said, we don't know what's going to happen. You, you, well, you, like you can't project who, but who do you think who compliments Zion more? Yeah, I guess that's between, a good question. Between Marcus and Jalen, who compliments Zion more? Uh, to be honest, I mean, I don't really feel like I've watched enough of Zion to, to even be able to say that. I mean, who compliments anybody more? <laughs> I mean, Marcus, I guess, but like, I don't know. But well, you know, you right, you okay, know it's okay, Marcus. So, fine. So right now, when, when you're trading the biggest. You know the number like one of the top three assets in the NBA and and Anthony Davis right now. Are you making a deal that is gonna okay? What's gonna complement someone better? Or are you gonna make a deal for star power, for someone that might turn into the guy that could not necessarily complement him, but like play alongside him and star with him? And I know Tatum's there too, but like I don't know. I think it's better to to take your chances with Jalen and Tatum, and maybe they both work out. But chances are you're gonna you're gonna get one of them. Here's here's my worry, just in terms of complimenting. Guess where Jalen Brown ranked in assist rate on this year's Celtics? Yeah, that's a gigantic factor. It's a, it just is. I know exactly where. Wait, you're going so assist that. rate on the, for the shittiest season in recent Celtics history? Is no, but like, like who's a, a, but who's a who can pass? Like Jalen can't pass. Jalen can't pass. Jalen's assist rate is bought near like it's point two percent above Marcus Morris. Who is notoriously one of the biggest ball hogs in the league? So, like, and this has been Jalen throughout his three years. His number, his assist rate went down last year, but it's never been above eight percent. I'm looking at assist rate last year, and he was again like just above Marcus Morris, thirteenth on the roster. So, like, this is three years in. Jalen Brown has a lot of upside offensively, but he also does not have good vision is kind of a tunnel vision player, both in the open court and driving the lane. And until he shows, again, he, he's got better in that apartment, but that is not a, a complete player, an all-star player in my mind. He could. Neither is Marcus Smart. But he does more of the little things that, Marcus does more of the things that don't show up in the box score compared to Jalen. Sure. Oh, no, I, there's, there's no arguing that. I'm just saying that, like, when you're training Anthony Davis, are you going for the little things that don't show up or the potential home run? If well, the, if you have well but if you're – okay, but yeah, but that's why you have Jason Tatum. That's like – we're like not even talking about Tatum, but that's the whole like reason why they're making the trade. It's not – like it's it's a bit of a nitpick if I'm David it's, – it's important, but it's relatively a nitpick between Jalen and Marcus if I'm Griffin when I'm getting Tatum. Like that's – I have Zion and I have Tatum. That's my – Westbrook and my my KD do you know what I mean like that's that's it right there that's I've got that but now I need to figure out how to complement these guys I don't necessarily need that star power right now Marcus Smart makes a lot more sense he's going to be cheaper in all likelihood also so it just that's kind of where I would be at if I was Griff that's that's kind of what I'm saying B-Rob what do you think Jalen's career high in assists are like, in a game, in a game, yeah, one game. What, what was his, what's his career high for assists in a game? Five, six. Answer is five. Yeah. Again, uh, 2018 against the New Orleans Pelicans. Hopefully, David wow. Griffin, hopefully David Griffin was watching. Yeah, maybe. Um, he, also, he had four against Cleveland that same year, so he, Griffin was definitely watching that one. Incredible. Uh, I have just piggybacking on this, just real quick. Cleaning the glass has a stat that's basically assist to usage, which is your assist rate compared to your usage rate, which is you know how many assists you got given how much times you had the ball. Um, Jalen ranked in the fifth percentile this season, Oof. which is just among wings, which is just obviously terrible. <laughs> and yeah, I guess I mean that is. Jalen had a tough start to this year, really did a great job accepting his role, I feel like, as the year went on. Um, struggled shooting, but, you know, started getting to the rim better and, you know, doing the best that he could out of the, the limited minutes he was given. He arguably could have, should have played more um, at various points and played pretty well in the postseason. I'll um, tell you this, I think he's got a first-team all-defense in him, too. Mm, 
Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he they, has too many lapses, Rich. Well, that, but that's mental. That, that's going to come with maturity. That's going to come with with comfort. Um, but he has the tools. He, he, he has, certainly has the tools. He, he has the tools. I'm. I'm kind of split between you guys on this. I don't. He also don't has drew, draws the most blowups from his teammates, <laughs> like for mistakes. And I think that's because they know what he can, what he can do, and what he can be. Like I don't. Like, I don't, I've heard focus issues though, <laughs> like, too, like not knowing the game plan, like in terms, not like, or a play, I should say, like in certain spots. He wasn't alone this year. I'll say that. Yeah, there's no question about that, and I think that is maybe more towards the, the bottom of the roster or the younger part of the roster anyway. Like, he's one of many on that front, so. And I don't want to defend the focus because, I mean, I, you saw Mook blow up on him enough times this year, and he's a guy that, that you respect the way that, that he plays, even, even if he shoots too much sometimes. You respect the, the energy he plays with. You respect how hard Marcus Morris always plays. So right. when he was the one that was consistently losing it on Jalen, I think that was certainly a sign that there was an issue. But – I just don't think that it's a it's a, a lifelong uh, element. Yeah, no question. I guess my thing is like I I'm not as certain that Jalen's going to have a better career than Smart when all is said and done. I think the the odds are in favor of it, like numbers wise it will. But in terms of like who who you'd rather have in your prime on a championship team, given the, the discrepancy in money, I might take Smart at. 14 out over Jalen at like 22. That's that's where, yeah. um, that's where my head's at. Pina, do you think that Smart, if you gave him the reins as a starting point guard on a team, even if it's alongside Drew Holiday, can he be as good as Kyle Lowry? Hmm. I think. Well, let's see. Kyle Lowry's a four-time All Star. Uh, yeah, pr- probably right around that. I don't know exactly. Um, I'm gonna go with no. Uh, yeah. yeah, my I mean, gut, my gut here was 21 and 22 back to back seasons. So yeah, I'm gonna go with no. Uh, yeah, he could be close. He <laughs> could be close though. Five, by the way, five, five time All Star, but uh, he could be close. I think. I think that's what, the ideal. What is Smart's ceiling? What is his offensive ceiling for you guys? Like, what's what's best case scenario for Smart? The thing for me has always been. Like, whenever I think about Smart, I'm like, I think that his playmaking is vastly underrated, especially out of the pick and roll. I mean, he's a very, he's just like, he sees the floor, like, in the, up, like, a, like an above average starting point guard sees the floor. Um, so that has always been kind of an underappreciated, I think, part of his game. And I also have always thought that the three-point shooting was though the numbers say that it's terrible when you have someone who's willing to shoot that that like as aggressively as he does that that matters and <laughs> at this does, point like, they're guarding him at least you're like you're it's, about a, it's a thing that a lot of really smart people have discussed in relation to um the toronto raptors and how someone like lowry or someone like even marcus all like you don't necessarily need to defend these people because Sometimes they will not shoot when they're wide open. Marcus Smart will shoot when he's wide open, and that <laughs> like that, it sounds silly, but also you know like anything can happen when you miss a three. You can get the offensive rebound, blah blah blah. Um, I think that the big concern for me that I don't know how it gets better is just his athleticism around the basket. Um, that's kind of always been a worry. His finishing, I think, has been. Uh, I'm gonna look up the numbers right now just to. To double check, yeah, I got him. it's the actually career high, sixty nine percent inside of three feet this year. Nice, yeah, 60, easily, I'm, yeah, easily I'm looking at, yeah, career high, sixty five around the rim, seventy um, third percentile according to cleaning the glass. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's good. That's, the, he doesn't get there often enough for me though. The numbers, you know, the frequency, shot frequency is really down around the basket. Um, How much you guys worry about all those winning plays? Maybe catching up to his body. Hey, that I, that's possible. I I personally don't worry too much about that stuff, but keep him away from mirrors. He's good. <laughs> or, <laughs> well, wasn't it a picture frame? A picture you know, frame. Too. People it's punch mirrors. Frame. It's psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's totally normal to punch a picture frame. Sorry to anyone who's who's punched a mirror. Yeah, but you're a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, maybe you were. Let's sure. Let's say that maybe yeah. they learned from the experience and 
and they improved on it. Um, But yeah, I I think that uh, Marcus. So, okay, how about this? So we say maybe Kyle Lowry uh, is what Marcus can become. What's Jalen's ceiling? Everything works out. And not, Paul, not Kawhi Paul, Leonard. I think Paul George. Really? No, no. The shooting's not going to get there. Paul George is like... That. Dude, he hit some shots. He hit some shots, but he also is streaky as heck. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm about to go compare these two players right now. You keep talking. I'm about to I come mean, with my... I'm about so, to load it up right so now. So last season, Jalen Brown shot 39% from three-point line. No, sorry, two seasons ago. Yeah, two seasons ago. Correct. So it's there. It's there. So, I mean, like something he, was there. Something was there. And then, I mean, we have two years of thirty-four percent, correct? So, based on the, I mean, you, you're now all on <laughs> in on Marcus Smart. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend B Rob real quick before he has a chance to defend himself, which is that <laughs> one thing we said about Marcus Smart over and over was that this guy shoots eighty percent from the foul line. He's got the touch. He has some sort of rhythm when yeah. it comes to his shooting. And Jalen, 68, 64, 65 from the foul line is three years. Thank he you. makes me nervous. I'll refer to my counsel, Rich Levine, for any uh, <laughs> questioning. <laughs> so, be up. Who's your who's your yeah, your ceiling for Jalen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think Butler. Is Butler yeah, better I for think, you? Uh, that's closer. Okay. I think I think George uh, defensively is. I think he's always been like a. Uh, Jalen has the tools, but again, the focus and just the awareness is still touch and go at times where I never think that was an issue of Paul George. I feel like he came in ready to rock. And again, Butler, same deal. Um, so I'm trying to think of a, a guy, more of a, like a two or three time all-star type situation. I'm trying to think of who. Okay. Uh, can I'll I, come can, back. I'll come back can, to it. Jalen Brown and Paul George first three years of their career. Um, usage 20.8 for Jalen 21. Paul George true shooting five 55.1 for Jalen 54 for Paul George uh so yeah that's a feather not, not to mention that you know George was I think when he first showed up what maybe he was dealing dealing with Danny Granger a little bit in terms of like you know just just reps and playing they, time but like they pretty much handed in the keys pretty quickly whereas Jalen even after three years is just you know, struggling to even get respect sometimes within the, the, the huddle. I mean, Paul George was not the third overall pick. I think he was, what, 10th? Yeah, 10th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, those Indiana te- I mean, and also, I guess we should say that, you know, Paul George in his third year made an all-star team. So obviously it was a, he made a, a massive leap in year three, whereas Jalen did not make that type of leap. Um, so it's a little worrisome. But I, I think that, that's the ceiling. I'm not saying that that's like if you were even to play Jalen's career out 10 times. I don't know how many times he gets to Paul George's level. I'm just saying I think it's it's technically possible is all I'll say. Here's what I worry about, though, with Jay. I guess it's not knocking him, but the f- Brad didn't really trust him a ton this year in like for crunch time or just like he kind of lost that early in the year of him. Which can again might have just been a one year situation, a blip on the radar, but like, and again, there was a lot of mitigating factors involved this year. But are we sure Brad's a good coach? I, I believe I trust <laughs> Brad Stevens. Kidding. He is finally coaching for his job. I think we can, we can officially say it. But it is, I guess, I would hope that in this season, given the way certain guys are playing, that he would have established more of that at this point. Not to say he won't going forward, and but it just it's clear that like. Smart's much more Brad's guy at this point than Jalen is. To yeah. oh, I think well, I think Smart is, but sorry, we that for any coach. The organization to guy too, like Dan, he's Danny's guy. He's correct. He's the longest tenured Celtic, right? Right, by a lot now. How much does that mean when it comes to this discussion, if anything? I don't think it means much. Well, what do you? Well, do you think like are you saying in terms of what is Brad's input? Sure. I think Brad would. Hmm. I guess we also don't know exactly what was going on with Jalen in those moments. Like we talk about, we know like there was a lack of focus. Why was there a lack of focus? Like those are details that I think matter in terms it's of. It's also, well, it's a results oriented business. Like, you know. Like, sure. But 
but process not results. So that's that's Brad's mm. motto. You know, that's that's mm. how you build a winner. Mm. If I was a coach, I would be devastated if I lost Marcus. Like I, I us as fans, were like we're and and analysts were projecting out, you know, what Jalen could be and blah blah blah. But like we're not actually having to deal with it on a day to day basis and 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 coaxing him to get there. Whereas with Marcus, you just kind of you can roll the ball out there. Like he's he's brilliant defensively makes everyone around him better every possession is his last possession (laughs) like these are things that as a coach you just you you kill for that's also what you said about isaiah thomas and now the guy can't walk at at 30 years old you know that's just something that i keep like coming back to a little bit and i think isaiah was in a tougher spot because of his height and you know any loss of quickness is going to be such a big deal but i know these guys are human even though marcus it doesn't seem human he 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 will you know Bones break and his body can catch up to him. But yeah, I, 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 I mean, this I is also a degenerative hip condition, though. Like, yeah, it's uh, tough to make that comparison. I think, just yeah. in terms, I know what you're saying. Like you, I mean, Smart does have. You do worry about the physical, like concerns of him, but he has. You know, he he played 80 this year. He played 78 three years ago. So like, there isn't anything. Like, how many surgeries has he had? I don't think that many. I don't think there's any. Or, Rich, like do you know if there are any like long term issues with him, or just no, I mean, obviously the, the the sacrifice. The one that sticks out is the bro- the broken whatever that was when they took him off on a stretcher after the Paul George injury. But I don't even remember what that was anymore. So wait, correct. was that the finger? What was that? No, remember the ankle. The ankle. Yeah, that was, was an, it ankle an ankle situation. Yeah, and it was right out. It was this, it must have been like the fall after George got hurt. I think right, and he got taken off. It was a stretcher, right? Yeah, it was a stretcher. It was a huge deal. But I don't think that that's, yeah. I think he's weirdly like super tough too, you know, like. Right. No, that that so he plays through a lot, for sure. But you know, did you turn thirty this year, right, Mike? Uh, wait, what are you out in my age for? <laughs> did you? Are you? Are you older? No, he's older than thirty. I'm. I'm <laughs> older than thirty. So you, you understand? I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to my twenty seventh birthday. <laughs> so yes, even at twenty six, you're starting to feel it a little. Thank bit, you. Right? You yes. understand. You can't you can't be who you were, mm-hmm. um, but you can try like hell to. But I I, I just think that Jalen 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 lives a very clean life, fasting in Ramadan. I mean, that's a pure life. That, that that's a body that that's gonna that's gonna build, be built to last. Right, dude. <laughs> I, yeah. Did you watch I, the Muhammad Ali documentary? On no, I actually I, I was going to, but then uh, my cable provider only had the part two on demand, which is just Ooh. shout out to them. I don't want to. You Rob, have you, have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it. No, I recommend it to, to, and, and I'm saying this saying that LeBron's team produces. So, you know, I really like it. If, of course. Of course. Them, but everyone should check it out. It's very cool. Mm. Love it. All right. So let's wrap this up by some quick hit scenarios. So Rich, you're on team. Keep Jalen over I'm, smart. Yeah, you know, it's just like I, it's a really hard decision, right? It's nitpicking, and I, no. I do think that, like, when it comes down to it, I am a little bit skeptical, skeptical of of Marcus's long term, and more excited about Jalen. So yeah, what you said is is fair. Or or here's option three. You trade Hayward and keep both, and you have to include more picks to make the deal work. You like give away all your picks in Tatum and Hayward. Is that easier for you to swallow? Or do you still rather give up smart? So I no, I would I would trade Gordon and assuming that that means you're keeping Jalen. Yeah, I, I would do that. And then we're trading to, to the to the Pelicans in this case. Yeah, trading trading Gordon, Tatum, and all your draft picks to the Pelicans. So that's 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 break down all the draft picks. You got Memphis. So you got Memphis, you got the, the three, Clippers, the 14, 14, 20, 20, 20, 22. 22. and what's say another two first round picks your own what? For future years that's a lot no I'm, i don't want to do that okay why do you so, well, so, well i mean well just breaking it down here like you're giving one pick opinion, to take the gorn contract you're giving well little... for okay like okay okay but the 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 you are if, if, if anthony davis leaves after i'm playing right? david griffin here. All, all, all that's what i'm asking for i'm playing david griffin you guys can counter right now i'd say yo have fun with um brandon ingram that's what that would be my counter if i was the celtics i mean like you're asking for too much there i'm sorry all right but, so what are you gonna offer me 
Right. What, how many picks are you going to give me? Yeah, the Memphis pick is is a great asset. That's like, I mean, I've I've heard that the that the the year that it is unprotected that that is supposedly going to be a, a phenomenal draft and which I'm sure is a totally accurate statement uh, <laughs> a few years out. Um, Nothing more accurate statement. than 36, 36 month uh, draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of real talented pieces in that draft. Zion's friends, I'm sure. He's friendly with those guys. Uh, you have, so, I mean, that pick, and we're also giving you, you know, 14th pick in this year's draft, 2022. Like, but you're this trying year's to draft re- sucks, though. <laughs> Uh, but in, uh, in the same way, right? But if you go to like four, 13 through 17 in any draft, you're going to find someone that is a legit NBA player. Like, yeah, we try, I, David, I think you're a, a wonderful analyst of, 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 uh, of talent and this great scout. Like you've, you worked for me in Phoenix and I believe that you will find a, a diamond in the rough here. So here are three more chances to do it. And Gordon is going to be an all-star and him like Gordon and Drew and oh my goodness like the the the, the... <laughs> that is a nice combo. B B Rob, break so who's what's the Celtics lineup slash rotation? So we're saying that Kyrie is staying in this in this world? Yes. So you got Marcus and Kyrie and Jalen and Brow and Al Horford. Correct. That's Those your starters. Five. That's your starters. And then you keep Mook, you re-sign Mook. You maybe re-sign Terry. You have Baines. You have Baines. And you have Ojolay and Time Lord. And then whoever else you want to sign on the free agent market. So does this team... Does this team... So, okay. So I I, I put this in the outliner. I, I forget if it was the text thread or, or something. But looking ahead at the this Eastern Conference Finals, bring it back there. We have the Bucks and we have uh, the Raptors. And both those teams are in really precarious situations heading into the summer. So let's say Kawhi leaves. Let's say, you know, Brooke Lopez and Malcolm Brogdon leave the Bucks, And let's say, like, Jimmy Butler leaves the Nets. But the, somehow the Celtics get AD and Kyrie. Like, that is, are we clear that in agreement that that would kind of pave the way for the Celtics to get to the finals? Or does it not? Is Giannis still that good? Or like, what are, you, what are your I guys? I think you're on even footing. With the Bucks, there. I don't think Brogdon is going to leave the Bucks because he's restricted. I think I just think even to trade him, I think they're going to keep him. But yeah, Lopez seems like he's gone. George Hill seems like he's gone. If you're keeping Brogdon, so I would. Well, put... What if what if someone gets gives Brogdon a higher offer sheet than Eric Bledsoe? How do you match that? Um, you're also I'm... maxing out Chris Middleton. Let's not forget. Yeah. So, no, do we that, want do we want to get into the, the tax here with? We yeah. we're about to have to super max. We should say that Giannis, you know, he just technically qualified by making All NBA again two times in two years, so he's gonna be eligible for the super max. Who's gonna want that? Like, we're in Milwaukee still. That's a lot of tax to pay. If it's uh, me, I sign Brogdon and find a way to trade Bledsoe before the end of the year. <laughs> I mean, that's not stupid at all. Right? No, like, that's probably what, that's probably the it's it's one of those things where good you, luck getting you, off that contract. But you hope right? you hope that the Bledsoe play well against the Clippers this year. Maybe you could trade him to. To Doc, but it's you. You trade it. You. It's a situation where you just you can't afford to lose that asset for nothing. So you sign it with the idea of hopefully trading it for something that fits better. You know. But you're right, Mike. It is something they are gonna. You know, and you still got Miritich as a free agent. They have a bunch of you know a lot of uncertainty, and they're not gonna like probably a, a third of the rotation won't be back for next year. This is a great place to end it. Again, yeah. All right. What do you think, so, Rob? Want to, want to take us out? 